Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. (laughs) And poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius. More well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show. On Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. And now, the one, the only, Adam Say! Bottom. Whoop, whoop! Yes, it's me. I'm here. It's Adam Sank. I am live. It's Sunday, February 4th, 2018. If you're listening at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon in the West, and who the fuck can figure out Central and Mountain, then we are live. And you're hearing us live. And you can call in and prove that at 844-TALK-DNR. Old episodes of The Ass are available on iTunes. Tweet about us. Tag Adam Sank, hashtag ass. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. And coming up today... We have uh, a, a really one of the greatest living impressionists will be on the Thank show. Thank you. Not you. Oh. I haven't introduced you yet. Rachel Butera will be here, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to miss her. She's hilarious and amazing. I am raising money for AIDS Walk 2018. This is the first time I've mentioned it anywhere. Uh, if you go to my website, adamsank.com, there's a link to donate. You can be my very first donation if you want. And if you donate $100, if you're the first person to donate $100, you get a signed copy of my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. So go to adamsank.com and donate. And that shrill voice that you heard a few moments ago were the dulcet tones of a man who needs no introduction. You know him from screaming at children from his front lawn and as co-host of the fabulous Derek and Romaine show. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek Hartley joins us in studio. You know, if you're going to insult me for the next hour, I have the power to leave. This is not like Derek and Romaine, where I have to sit for it. You are under no obligation, <laughs> nor do you have any desire. But thank you, Derek, for coming in on Super Bowl Sunday uh, and being... Wait, uh, it's what? Y- yes, there's apparently... I gotta go. Some I gotta sort of, party. There's a volleyball game or something happening that people are excited about. Uh, I, I actually thought you would be upset that you were missing some sort of party in which there was a lot of fried <laughs> food. Yeah, because you know what a party animal I am. Chips and dips and cakes. But uh, but I did bring in my own cookies, my home-baked oatmeal, raisin, chocolate chip cookies for you and Katie and JB. So you wouldn't feel like you were left out of your yeah. Super Bowl parties. JB, well, how, how are those cookies? Honestly, you no one else is going to get any because it's going to sit back with me. I'm going to eat them all. So I'm sorry. Hope you enjoyed that one you had because that's all you get. These are delicious. See, Derek, they are delicious. Uh, look, I am here for a good time. I deflated my balls just before I got here in solidarity. <laughs> Thank God. Someone needed to deflate them. The cookies, by the way, are 100% vegan. Uh, I use Crisco instead of butter, which has a multitude of uses. Uh, it's. I did use the jar that I keep by my bed to make God, the cookies. No. Oh. Yes, I begged what. you not to do that. And uh, and for egg, I used flaxseed and water and applesauce. And I'm telling you, they are fucking delicious. Whatever Derek says. Look, I don't because he Adam and I were talking about these nonviolent vegan cookies beforehand. He said no animals were harmed in the making of this cookie, but uh, an egg is going to come out of that chicken. Any whether you eat that egg or not, and B, that like butter mother. butter is uh you don't put the cow in the churn in order to make the butter. So no yes, cow, but the cows are hooked up to electronic milking machines. They don't have to, and be. they basically are milked until they die. That is not. It doesn't have to be that way. Well, but it is. You sound like my mother. When my my mother said to me, uh, we were talking about. She goes, "Why don't you eat chicken even?" And I said, "You know, chickens have horrible lives, mom." They and do. she goes, "Well." It's a good thing that we eat them then and put them out of their misery. <laughs> the chickens actually have a worse life because we eat them. But <laughs> but even still, you can have eggs that come from happy chicken. Listen, and you can make butter out of milk from happy If you want to start cows. your own farm 
and have all the animals live wonderful, healthy lives and get to roam freely. But see, even then, I, I, I'm not going to eat them or their products because of health which, reasons. Uh, look, so, I, look, that is fine. And I'm I a totally vegan first and that, foremost for my own health. Which is great. And I I certainly think that as a as a country, we eat way too much crap. And part of it is that apparently Americans believe that it's our constitutional God-given right to poison ourselves and then complain about how much health care costs. Thank you. Anyway. It's true. No, the single, no, no, biggest, like, uh, single biggest health problem in America is obesity. Right. You okay. solve obesity, you solve 90% of other health problems. Yeah, I can't, you know, people, uh, you turn on the TV and it's nothing but uh, scooter ads. And then people are like, how come health care costs so much? Uh, excuse me. I can't get past all these scooters. So uh, maybe that's why healthcare costs so much. Anyway. Excuse me. But um, I but I want you to know yes. uh, that even though I do eat like a toddler, you know I love a, a chicken strip and curly fries dinner virtually every day of the week when I'm not eating a Popeye. But uh, because I really eat like a child. But I'm an adult. I can eat, I can eat whatever I want. Well, you also kind of you're kind of a miracle to me because you eat terribly and you don't work out and you, you look to be in reasonably good shape. I know it's great. I feel like your insides must just look like you know when garbage you, just like rotting out. You know when you clean out the dishwasher filter. Yes. After not doing so for a few years, I feel like that's what your you know organs look like. I think the ins the ins my insides probably look like an oven that's never been cleaned. That's exactly right. Like just splatter, like <laughs> baked on, caked on splatter. There's a mouse living through. in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is true. I have to. I must admit that I have. Uh, I did win in this case the genetic lottery. Uh, that I am, so far. Uh, well, I'm descended from people who were Olympic level athletes. So even though I do not partake of any exercise whatsoever, I am I'm able to fairly easily maintain my weight over time because I, if I do even the slightest bit, because we recently got a uh, treadmill at home. Oh. This is a brand new story. I haven't told this story on wow. uh, DerekAndRemain.com yet on DNR 2.0. You can subscribe now though at DerekAndRemain.com if you want to. Well, you know. Uh, we have so many non-subscribers who are listening to this right now. I thought I should definitely use this opportunity. But anyway, we got a we recently got a treadmill, and I have I spend five minutes a day on it. That's it. I mean, listen, that's better than most Americans. Right. So, but, uh, but and by still, the way, if you if you do one really intense minute, if one of those five minutes is like you're pushing yourself so hard that you can barely breathe, that's better than doing thirty minutes of moderate exercise. So there so, you go. Um, we've already soaked up. Eight whole minutes of the show, and, and I didn't even get to tell you about the meat. So we oh, get sorry. our meat from a local meat company, like a local farm delivers meat and butter and eggs to our house. So we get locally sourced, okay, environmentally friendly, right. uh, uh, meat and eggs and uh, butter, and their butter is out of con- fucking control. You're still gonna drop dead at fifty. And I am not. I am gonna. Out- <laughs> Let me tell you something. I already know. I'm gonna outlive everybody. Uh, because one, old crones never fucking die. So you know, I'm a mean old hag. I'm gonna outlive everybody. A, B. It is very important to me that I have a very grand funeral and that everyone is there and weeping and wailing and throwing themselves in the aisle. So I am guaranteed to outlive and everyone who ever cared about me. So that when I die, I will be in a pine box and no one will give a shit. So you heard it here first, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Oh no! But people in my family, they <clears> tend <throat> to live. Uh, I do a lot of genealogy research. I know. I'm going to live well into my 90s, and I'm so I'm going to live forever. Probably longer than that. People will see me and cry. They are. All right. They are so we, uh, we have to get to our Pervnado update. We have a lot of material to get through, Derek. And I have to confront you about something that happened on a previous Adam Sank show. Uh-oh. Should we do that now or later? It's up, You're the host. All right. Let me get through the Pervnado update, because okay, that's, that's the longest segment of this bit. Um, we do this every week. Since our last live show, we do this every other week, I should say. Since our last live show on January 21st, the following sexual misconduct scandals have erupted. Okay. Like a zits on America's sexuality. That's right. Casino mogul Steve Wynn, who was also the finance chair of the Republican National Committee, has been accused of sexual misconduct by dozens of people uh, going back decades, including allegedly forcing people to perform oral sex on him. Uh, Steve Wynn should sue his face for misconduct. Wynn has denied all allegations but has resigned from the RNC and is currently being stripped 
Not of his clothes, thank God, but of honorary degrees he received from several universities. He is not yet, however, stripped of his bad toupee. Gordon Edelstein, artistic director of the Long Wharf Theater Company in New Haven, Connecticut, has been accused of sexual harassment by 24 current and former employees. He has since been fired from that position. Gay porn star Topher DiMaggio has been accused by at least three men of rape and or coercive sex. One of his accusers is fellow porn star Tegan Zane, who worked with DiMaggio in a film. DiMaggio has denied the the charges in part by plagiarizing an apology art, an apology written by Russell Simmons for The New York Times. Well, he only quotes from the best. Yes. Here in New York City, this is maybe the creepiest story uh, since the pervnado uh, began. Barry Lubin, a.k.a. Grandma the Clown, what? has resigned from the Big Apple Circus. So here in New York, I have to just pause for a second. We have this Big Apple Circus, which is like a local version of Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. It's been around at least my entire life. And since if I, you're 114 <clears throat> years old, then yes. Yes. And since I was a young child, I have been freaked out by this character they have named Grandma the Clown. Sure. Who is clearly a man dressed up as an old lady. He's an yes. old lady drag, a la Norman Bates. That's and, creepy. But he's also a clown, so he's got like the red nose and the white skin. And I mean, it's like Racist. you took all of the most terrifying things and put them together in one person. And now we find out that the man behind Grandma the Clown, Barry Lubin, uh, pressured a 16-year-old aerialist, a woman, a, a young woman, from posing, excuse me, he pressured her uh, to pose for pornographic photos back in 2004. Uh, it's a weird creepy story but basically she wanted to get ahead in the circus he said he would help her he said he could get her work working for some Japanese advertising company but she needed to pose in a bathing suit then he convinced her that she had to move the crotch of the bathing suit to one side in order for them to superimpose something over it it was it was just so uh. gross and he uh, after this after she came forward this happened many years ago but she just came forward he admitted to doing this apologized and resigned from the circus and finally, Chachi Gate. Former actor, Trump supporter, and Sandy Hook shooting denier Scott Bayo has been accused by actress Nicole Eggert of sexually molesting her when she was underage during the shooting of the sitcom Charles in Charge. Here's what Eggert told Megan Kelly. I was still 14 before my 15th birthday. Um, we were at his house in his car in his garage and he reached over and he penetrated me with his finger. And that is when the sexual touching and um, abuse started after that. Scott Bayo took to Good Morning America uh, to deny, not very convincingly, Nicole's allegations. Take a listen. Ever saw her off the set? Off the set? I what? saw her on the, in, the, in the studio a lot. Yeah, off the set. She mentioned your garage in one of her tweets. I, I have no idea what that means. I, I have no idea. So you can't just keep making up different things. I want to ask you about this. Adam Polinsky, who played Nicole's brother on the show, reportedly said he witnessed inappropriate cuddling between you and Nicole on the set. And then Adam Carl, who's credited with one appearance on the show, tweeted he remembers her crying about you. Why do you think they're saying that? Are they lying too? I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea. I don't know why they're saying it. Um, I don't, you know, there were so many people on. Isn't that a Trumpian answer? I don't know what well, they're saying. She just told you what they're saying, asshole. Does he, um, does he know he's a former actor? Is that how you describe it? We him? all know. Uh, this, well, first of all, the Scott Bayo thing is creepy, uh, but in, a, in, a, in another way, because uh, he and Nicole Eggert dated actually for a while. Like so after she turned 18, after she turned 18. So clearly whatever's happening, whatever happened, happened before she was 18. And then um, that segued into a non-consensual relationship. I would assume at, on well, a I certain level. I I think it started out as non-consensual. If what she's saying is true, then it couldn't have been consensual because she's 14 and a 14-year-old can't, can't consent. consent. Yes. It, uh, if at some point when she was 17 or 18, she said, hey, I really want to have a relationship with you, that doesn't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, negate 
any abuse that went on. That does happen a lot yeah. with young people who are abused. They sometimes, you know, look at that that teacher, Mary Kay Latorno, and the 13-year-old boy that she molested. They're married with kids now. Not anymore. They actually did divorce. <gasps> I think they divorced. Really? Yeah, yeah. They split up, oh, finally. That makes me sad. Well, Such she wanted great to see story. other middle schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it, the Nicole Egger thing though is uh, Hollywood is well known that when actors do shows together or movies, there are all sorts of onset romances that happen all the time. You're doing sixteen hour days, five six days a week. They're the only other people that you see. Everybody's you know if you're young young people, you everyone's good looking and in great shape, and you're around each other all the time. You're not around anyone else, so. Uh, and they're bored. They have lots of downtime where they're just hanging out. So uh, these kinds of things happen, I think, fairly routinely. I mean, I don't think they happen routinely between 20, however old he was, 20-something and 14-year-olds. But, I mean, it's just in general, this is a, a crucible for this kind of sexual behavior that goes on. Um, and I think that it probably went on, especially in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s, a lot more then ended up being reported um, just because people were on the set all the time, dating, hooking up, whatever else. We're talking about Charles in charge. Meanwhile, Charles from Cornhole is on the phone. Charles, um, uh, do you believe Nicole or Scott? I actually believe Nicole, but uh, the the one that really comes as no surprise to me at all is the whole Steve Wynn part of it. Um, but you the, were surprised the, by Grandma the Clown? Uh, I... I have no familiarity with with Grandma the Clown. I'm I'm afraid I'm a West Coast kid. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's out of my realm. But didn't you know? I mean, Medea can do uh, a grandmother type character without being creepy. Well, so. that that's a that's up for debate. I find Tower Power very creepy for other reasons, but uh, just just wanted to, to tell you I'm listening to your show wearing only my boxer briefs in solidarity for your shirtlessness. Wow! Of course, the difference is it's 73 degrees here in Arizona. Well, it's 83 so, degrees here in the Derek and Romaine studios, so we've got you. Yeah, we've got oh, you yeah. so dramatic. And and the oh, I, I wanted to welcome Derek to the ass. Um, and I think that's terrific that he's there with you. And the only other thing I wanted to mention is I'm eagerly awaiting my delivery from Amazon Prime on Tuesday is drop day for the Tom of Finland movie. That was, uh, uh, the Finnish, uh, um, official entry in, in this year's best foreign film. Yes. It didn't get a nom. It did not get a nom, but I haven't seen it. You might've had a chance to see it. It did the art houses I, in I have New not. York. Derek, have you seen Tom of Finland movie? I have not. I don't see a lot of foreign films or art films. I am not a classy person, despite uh, <laughs> the way that I pronounce the word poor being very judgmental. I uh, I like a summer blockbuster action movie, hot guys with their shirts off, a step-up movie. I like movie trash, frankly, and so uh, I don't need people in their high-minded art. Well, Charles, I know— no, Well, I, I'm a big fan of Tom of Finland's art. I'm so sure you I'm... are, and I know you look forward to masturbating throughout that entire— yeah, furiously, yeah. Your film. And the All rest right. of this show, too. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Hey, Thanks, you Charles. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can call in and join the conversation at 844-TALK-DNR. Um, I just want to add something to our Perv NATO update, Derek, because do you remember back when Garrison Keillor was fired by Minnesota Public Radio? Vaguely, yes. Uh, he was one of the many big names. It was the same week as Matt Lauer, so he kind of was <laughs> pushed aside in the headlines. Well, also, I do feel like when these allegations happen against, I mean, I, you know, Bill Cosby, when the allegations happened with him, he was sort of alone out there. Yeah. But generally speaking, if you have a choice between going after a 50-year-old guy or an 80-year-old guy, the press likes the 50-year-old guy. Sure. So Garrison Keillor... I think he may have come off as too niche uh, to get the same headlines that a Matt Lauer, who is much more of a... Well, he's actually 75, but... Really? Because he looks 80. But here's the new update on him. At the time, you'll remember, he claimed that this was all because he put his hand on a woman's back while he was consoling her, a, a fellow, a colleague, and that it accidentally touched her bare back and that this was all much ado about nothing. Well... Uh, N- NPR News has published an investigative report revealing allegations of inappropriate behavior on the part of Keeler going back as far as 1998. He wrote and displayed a suggestive poem about an employee in his dick st- in his dick store in his bookstore. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> 
But Adam loves the shot Derek, at the dick store. Can you stop by the dick store <laughs> on your way home and pick me up a, a nice a, big a black six one? A six-pack of cocks? Yeah. Uh, he sent $16,000 and a confidentiality agreement to a subordinate with whom he was romantically involved, and he told a 21-year-old student in his writing class that he was intensely attracted to her. I say I bring this up only because I remember at the time a lot of people on my Facebook page were like, this is a witch hunt, this is insane, Garrison Keillor, he's a sweet old man, all he did was put his hand on, on the person's back. And I said at the time, and I say now, that when this happens, when someone is actually fired, a prominent person... There's got to be more than just one allegation, and it's got to be pretty thoroughly investigated. Matt Lauer, they, it wasn't just like one woman at the Today Show yeah. said like, oh, Matt Lauer makes me uncomfortable. Boom, he's fired. No, he was like their star attraction. Garrison Keillor is the only star attraction of Minnesota National Public Radio. They're not going to get rid of him unless they know yet. for a fact that he's a creep. Right. So stop defending these people and just wait for the facts to come out because they're going to. Well, I I also I do think one thing to keep in mind is that sometimes we don't get complete information about something Correct. for whatever reason. Like for instance, when one of the when a TV network lets go one of their stars, they we sometimes don't get all the information of why that happened. But you have to imagine that these companies have a fleet of lawyers there, and they would not risk a wrongful termination suit. That's right, by a rich, powerful they, person. Right. Um, where they could actually be uh, culpable. So I think that you may say, oh, I can't believe they got rid of Garrison Keillor so quickly and, and it doesn't seem like there's much to this allegation. You have to assume that National Public Radio, their lawyers had a lot more information to go on than we all have. And part of why we don't get it is that they also don't want to get sued by putting out all of this information because then it's like, Oh well, that didn't happen. Right. Like if the, if the claims get challenged, then then it's public radio is on the hook for it. If <laughs> they just let him go, he can sue them. But then it all becomes part of a court record, and you know a judge will decide that. It's very different if they're like, well, we fired him, and here's X, Y, and Z explanation as to why. Because right. he could then go if any of those things turn out to not be true, he could then go back and sue them for defamation for declaring why they terminated him. So well, we, I think that's why we don't get a lot of the info. Sounds like he's a perv. and uh, He probably is. Yeah. I, although, can I just say this about uh, pervs Quickly. versus white men being white men? I think the part of the problem is, what? you remember this on 30 Rock when uh, Jack Donaghy is giving uh, Liz Lemon advice on how to be a successful person in business? And she says she's going to be a businesswoman. He's like, I don't think that's a word. Anyway, but uh, at one point, you know, they have this whole thing where he's like, you know, and when you win, you take yours, right? And so she's all about, I, I'm going to win and I'm going to take mine, like my reward. I'm going right. to get my reward. And so the thing is, is that it is so much of men succeeding in business is wrapped up in now that I am a rich, powerful, successful person, I can get whatever I want. If I think someone's attractive, I can sleep with them. Right. If I want to There's an entitlement. This, if to, I want to fire somebody, I can fire anybody I want cuz I'm in charge and I get whatever I want. And right. so a, I feel like a lot of what this sexual harassment stems from is this this sense of entitlement of, well, I'm making 20 million dollars a year on a morning show and I'm surrounded by ladies. And if you're Matt Lauer, I mean Matt Lauer is not a hideous guy. I'm sure there cuz this happened with Bill Clinton. There were all sorts of young ladies, attractive young women around who willingly would uh hop on the hop in the sack. But are you but are you defending them? Are you saying that no, this no, no. is I, I'm I'm saying that it's all of a piece. It's it's very piece these men don't get a me it's hard to get a message to them that is inappropriate them for them to use their workplace as a place to score. I think they're getting the message now. Well yes, I think they are now, but for a long time it this was seen as part of the job. What are the perks of this job and there were women around there who may have willingly jumped into these things i'm not saying that there weren't women who unwillingly got caught up in it for sure but you know if you look at somebody like uh bill clinton or uh matt lauer or garrison keeler uh or uh the what's his face charlie rose like they clearly had this sense of attractive women around me are here for me to pick and choose among should I right, decide but that also, that also stems from systemic them. sexism and systemic yes, it is. privilege, you right. know, 
We got to move on because I got to do two more quick stories oh before we talk God. to Rachel. This it's is only an hour long, long show, Derek. Oh, it's going too fast. Um, okay, so. You know, I want you to know I'm in the live chat room while this is going on at DerekandRomaine.com. And uh, Scott says, I've been demoted to weekend show. Oh, that's funny. Uh, eh, I guess. No, Derek, you can still hear Derek Monday through Friday, except not apparently uh, this coming week because you're on no, the no, cruise. No, this week we will be there. Okay, good. The following week we'll be off. So I am not a fan of Big Brother. I think it's the most tedious show in the world. And the only thing more boring than American Big Brother is the UK version of Big Brother. However, this past season that just finished, Courtney Act, who became worldwide famous from RuPaul's Drag Race, was one of the, um, whatever you call them, housemates, contestants. And she wound up winning... And one of her housemates was a member of parliament named Anne Widdencombe. And apparently Anne Widdencombe was racist and homophobic and made a lot of comments that were offensive to Courtney and to other people in the house. And so Bianca Del Rio, who is a huge supporter of her sister Courtney, took to social media to congratulate Courtney. And she also had a message for member of parliament Anne Widdencombe. Take a listen to Bianca. Courtney Act won Celebrity Big Brother UK. Congratulations, pussy face. We're so proud of you. Thank you to everybody that voted. And let's just say it and say it out loud. Anne is a fucking cunt. And she lost. <laughs> Congrats. Gotta love Bianca. I do love Bianca too. Uh, we're not going to have time, I think, in, in this week's uh, show. But next week I will be back on uh, Adam Sang's show and I will... I have a confrontation, what I had alluded to earlier in the segment, that uh, about Bianca Del Rio when she was on your show a few weeks ago. But we'll do it next we, week. We will start next week's so show by that. a tease for next week. Okay. So, Derek, if you are a fan of the ass, and I know you are I listen to your show every week. Thank you. And you, also I enjoy ass. <laughs> there you go. I know that uh, you must know we, we often do stories from this ridiculous website called Cocktails and Cock Talk. And it's become such a regular thing that someone, I think it was Ryan Frostig, suggested that we create a, a bumper oh. for Cocktails and Cock Talk. And so I have done so, and here it is. Pull up to the bumper. And now, time for another stupid story from Cocktails and Cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. <laughs> no, wait, did we wrap up the thing about Bianca and Courtney Act? No, we don't we have time. Oh, oh, okay. Well, anyway, congratulations, Courtney Act. Bianca and Courtney are actual genuine friends, apparently unlike me and Bianca, which we'll talk about next week. All right. So, yes, that was the Cocktails and Cock Talk bumper. Uh, special thanks to Frank Liotti for being the guy at the end who says, suck my cock. Um, anyway, today's story. When isn't he saying this? I know. So today's story from that website is that Cock Ring Bottom Ken was the best-selling Ken doll of all time. Do you know who Cockring Bottom? No. This is I'm showing I'm showing a picture to Derek. You can okay. show it to people in the chat room. He's got room like a mesh a pink mesh shirt on. He's got a This was during what this is the 80s. He had an earring. Yes. So during the 80s they came out with this version of Ken and he, you know, he's got this pendant, this necklace around his neck that's clearly a cockring. It 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 doesn't it can't be anything else. It's too big to be a ring that would go on someone's finger. Um, Poor Barbie. He he really looks very tarted up. And um, when Mattel realized that it, this was uh, basically a, a, a gay man, they discontinued him. But it turns out that this was the best-selling Ken doll of all time. That's interesting. It, it happened because in their market research back in 1992, they discovered that little girls didn't think Ken was cool enough. So uh, they uncovered what they thought was cool based on the look of 1990s MTV. I don't recall anyone in on MTV wearing cock rings around their necks. But uh, I mean, he kind of looks happened. like a boy band member. Um, he flew off the shelf for six weeks until he was pulled, but in just those six weeks, he sold more than any other Ken doll produced. Cock ring bottom Ken, rest in peace. Well, uh, I want you to know that uh, I don't remember that particular Ken doll that flew off the shelves, A, B... Uh, the uh, girls didn't think Ken was cool, so Barbie was always just hooking up with another Barbie or that boyish skipper girl. So uh, I think that that was really just sort of straight girls fanning out their les energy. But uh, the most important thing about uh, Barbie in the 1980s is that there is actually a uh, Derek doll. You know that uh, Mattel based a Barbie doll on me. 
And if you go look online, which doll is that? Turn. He is in. He was in a band with Barbie. Barbie and the Rockers. Go ahead, look it up, Derek. It is my name spelling, and you will see that it bears a striking resemblance to yours truly. And I was the model. This is a true story for a Barbie doll. How is that uh, possible? Presented by Mattel. I'm great. That's how it's possible. What are you, the possible police? And by the way, to people who listen to Derek and Romaine regularly, Derek spells his name D-E-R-E-K. Not D-E-R-R-I-C-K. I say Why this every I say it every time I'm on the air as a public service. Um, okay, is our guest all uh, ready to go? Yeah. All yeah. right, so our guest today, Derek, first gained national attention for her amazing impersonations when she appeared on the Howard Stern Show in 2011. She later became a contestant on America's Got Talent in 2014. Take a listen to how that went. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Oh, hello, and welcome to Wanda's World. You know, everybody's been talking about the cosmos lately, mostly white folks. So I thought it'd be a good idea to get a bunch of my friends in a rocket ship go up to outer space. Uh Here's Rosie O'Donnell freaking out just as we pass the moon. Abort mission, I repeat, abort mission. I have too much to live for. I don't want to die before I learn how to sing like Mel B and walk like Heidi Klum in high heels. (laughs) Whoopi! <laughs> what? I kind of like it. Oh my god. I think it's nice. Floating around, no gravity. Let me tell you, I've had longer days on the view than I've had on this trip. And joining us from Los Angeles is the one and only Rachel Butera. Oh my god, hi, hi. Rachel, you crazy bitch. How are you? I'm good. I haven't talked to you like in person out loud in so long. I know. I feel like we only communicate through your filthy X-rated Facebook posts. I know. And sometimes I think you don't like me deep down. You, I, say, you, you can get bitchy. I adore you. What are you talking you about? What made you... Okay, f- good. We should tell the listeners how uh, you and I first met. Uh, I actually kind of stalked Rachel because I heard her the very first time she was on the Howard Stern show. You went on... It, it was supposed to be staff impersonations, right? That was the contest you, you entered on yeah, the show? Yeah, that's what they called it. Mm-hmm, they called it that. But really, you were more doing impersonations of, of uh, characters from the Howard Stern show, the Whack Pack, people that uh, are frequently on the show. And you were so fucking funny. And, and I was listening at home, and, and somewhere you mentioned you were from New Jersey and that you had started doing stand-up comedy. And I thought, fuck, I need to book this girl. So I booked you for my shitty little show at Bartini, uh, which was <laughs> called That Sank Show, and you came, and you brought, like, 40 people with you, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, and that was the first time I ever did stand-up. I, I think I mentioned on the show that people always asked if I did it or I said I should do it, and I never had done it, and then you said, do you want to do my show? I think it was, like, December 2nd, and I was like, yeah, 20, why In not? 2011. 2011, so that was the very first time. I did a lot of gay jokes. And shortly never... after that, you went out to Los Angeles to become a big, famous voiceover artist. Yeah, a year later, I was living out here in L.A. Wow. And how's that going? <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, it took a little while to settle in, but like last year, I had a really good year with a lot of cartoons and a lot of bookings, and um, so far, seems to be carrying over into this year. So, yeah, I have to say it actually worked out. I think you're so enormously talented, Rachel. And uh, one of the things I love about you is, you know, you do a lot of impressions um, that other people try to do, like Wanda and Joan Rivers. But you also do people that no one would ever think to impersonate. And the other day, I heard you on Facebook doing a Jane Fonda that was so completely dead on. Can I Can I talk to Jane Fonda for a little bit? Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Jane, the the right wing accuses you of being a traitor to your country for traveling to Hanoi uh, back in the 70s. What do you have to say to them? Absolutely not. If they had taken time to really research and listen to some of the things that I've done, uh, they'd know that that's absolutely not true. Just not true at all. It's so amazing. How do you how do you create an impression? How does it walk me through the process? There is no process. I can just do it. I don't know how. I don't know why. In fact, I went to go get my vocal cords looked at the other day, and I was, like, watching it on the video. The doctor was showing me as the tube was down my throat, and I'm looking at these gross vocal cords, and I'm like, how 
do those allow me to sound like Jane Fonda or Wanda Sykes or Holly Hunter or how? It is the most mystifying thing I've ever encountered, and, and I couldn't you, give you an answer. You've just always been able to do this. Always been able to do it since I could talk. When I try to, I'm, I'm certainly no impressionist, but when I try to impersonate people like as part of my stand-up, I always try to picture their face and try to make my mm-hmm. face look like their face. Do you do that, or does that not even play into it? I do do that if they've got something like, like Holly Hunter. She talks out of the side of her mouth, and she's got this weird little speech impediment, but her, li- her lips go to the side, too. And it's almost like she's got a little orange stuck under her bottom lip. And when you do her voice, you have to do that. And I'm doing it right now. You look like you have a stroke. Right. Um, so, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I do it, but I do it automatically. Like, I don't stop to think, like, hmm. How does Nudie Healing look when she's talking? Like, what does her face look like when she's talking? I, I don't really think about it. I just sort of instinctively do it. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there? This is Derek Hartley. I'm co-hosting with Adam. You're over Hi. the phone, so you have no idea that I'm even here. But uh, here, but uh, is there a quality that you look for uh, in somebody that you do impressions of? Do you see uh, or uh, uh, these various celebrities, and you think, oh man, I can't wait to uh, wrap my voice around you know whoever this is because because of the way that they speak or you know sort of what their personality is. Yeah, I mean, voices have always uh, been funny to me. Um, funny voices instantly catch my attention. And when I worked in a corporate office, like, I was making fun of everybody because, you know, in offices there's so many characters and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's really just like if I hear a voice that, that's funny or odd in some way or they have a strange manner of speech, like, I can't help but just try and start to imitate it. Um, because I find it fascinating. Most people don't have a lot to their voice. They have very, you know, people are like, oh, do me, do me. And I have to say, like, well, there's nothing to do. Like, you don't, you don't have any quirkiness to your voice. It's just a normal voice. But, but see, that's how, I, cr- that's how I feel about Jane Fonda. I can't think of what I would do to try to sound like Jane Fonda, but, but when you do her, it sounds like she's coming through the phone, like it's the real Jane. Well, she's got, like, um, she says her, like, CH is really hard, like, you know, a trunk. So, so it's very, um, <laughs> oh, I used to do it in nine to five. Me and my brother used to watch nine to five and like her ex-husband would show up and she'd be like, Dick, let's have lunch. And we go lunch like really hard. And you can, you can do Lily Tomlin too. Well, you know, it's kind of hard. She's, uh, she's older now and it, well, it's a little bit different, but early Lily, there was a lot of air in her voice and while well, she would smile a lot and, you know, squint her eyes and stuff. But um, I feel like that also sort of sounds like, who's that actress with the big lips who's in all the Christopher Guest movies? Oh, uh, Jennifer, Coolidge. Oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, hers is a yeah. little higher. She's got like a high. Yeah. yeah, maybe she's a little bit higher, but she's also got that pinched sort of airy, weird voice to her. And then you got like Jennifer Tilly, who's got the air, but she's also got the kind of rasp to her. So it's just really, I don't, I don't know how it happens. Can you do I Dolly Parton, know. Rachel? She's really hard. She's so she's so high. I know the cutest little Italian restaurant. Just a hot skip and a jump from here. It's not very good, but I've I've tried it and it's not great. Is it's it just? High. Do you feel like her? She's too high. She's out of your range. Yeah, I mean, I can go high, but she's high and very nuanced too right. with the way she pronounces things. Um, just every a, once in a while, she laughs while she's really. speaking. There's a laughter. Uh, to, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's part can, of everything yeah. she says. Yeah. No wonder everybody around here thinks I'm some dime star floozy. They think I'm screwing the ball. I mean, it's good. It it's better than most. You you were on Instagram the other day and you put on this crazy red wig that one of your fans had sent you, <laughs> and you did the Jamie Lee Curtis scene from Trading Places where she explains to Dan Aykroyd how her being a hooker works. Can you can you do that little speech for us? Because it was so good. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hamlet. He went crazy. She killed herself. Listen, this is not Shakespeare, Louis. I'm 26 years old. I'm from some miserable little mining town you probably never even heard of. All I've got in this whole big wide world is this body, this face, and what's up here. I didn't even think I sounded like I wasn't even trying to imitate her. It's so good. It's really good. Really? I was not even trying to imitate her. I just wanted to do the wig thing. (laughs) And then you also took your top off. And there was a yeah, mo- moment of nudity in the video. 
if only I had her tip. It was a nip slip, but uh, somebody screenshotted it, and I sent it to Mr. Skin as if he wanted <laughs> Listen, you've got amazing tits. Most of your pictures on Facebook, you're showing your tits. No, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's only in the uh, in the bra. Once the bra comes off, it's like flat, stretch mark, pancake city. It's a horror show. But Janet, uh, uh, but uh, but uh, Jamie Lee Curtis had a fantastic set. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Oh my god, she yeah. had such a rack. She had great tits. Uh, when, when you were first on Howard, the thing that I think people ha- that Howard fans know you for is doing Suzanne Muldowney. Now. If you're not a Howard Stern fan, you have no idea who Suzanne Muldowney yeah, but- is. But she, she, aka Underdog Lady, she's this, yeah. <laughs> she's this crazy woman who lives in South Jersey who likes to march in parades in costume. <laughs> and even if you don't know anything about her, your impression of her, I think, is the funniest thing on earth. Can you do a little bit of of Underdog Lady for us? Oh, 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 well, I, I, I woke up late today, you see, and I, I wasn't able to get to the parade. It's the early spring parade, and I, I, I made a costume out of, out of found sequins, and I embroidered the face of Jesus into it, and I, I planned on winning the parade, but now I don't know if I can get there. <laughs> That's sad underdog. Lady. JB is laughing his ass off, and you don't even know who she's imitating, right, JB? Yo, this is so funny. He's laughing so hard, and and underdog, how, what's going on with your cat? I understand that your cat and uh, there were some health problems because of your cat. Yes, well, we had to we had to put him to sleep because he was scratching everyone, and I got feline dermatitis from it, so we had to put him down, and and, and I sang a prayer for him. Oh! She's always singing in Latin, underdog lady, because she's Latin. deep. She's deeply religious. I swear to God, you could do that character on Saturday Night Live, even if no one knew who you were doing. It's so funny. Rachel, you've been working as a voiceover artist, uh, as you said. Over the last few years, things have picked up, and you've been on Family Guy. You've been on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The TV show, and you're... You know what I did for that? Yes, tell me. I, re- I replaced um, Roseanne Barr as Krang Prime in that show, and I guess there were some lines that she couldn't do, so I went and did them for her. As Roseanne? Yeah. Can you remember any of the lines? Can you do them in the Roseanne voice? No, it was just, it was just a couple of words or two, but, you know, they put effects on it because, you know, she's like, yeah, whatever she does. I don't really sound like her, but I guess I was close enough that they could manipulate it and sort of just stick it in there. So it wasn't like a cat. I wasn't a, my own character on there. I was just doing uh, replacement lines for Roseanne. And what's this thing that you, that's coming out soon that features you? It's called Stinker Let's Loose. Oh, that's um, that's an audio book. That yeah, the company doing that audio book kind of found me. They needed monkey noises. <laughs> I guess John Hamm is the star of this audio book, and they I don't know how they found me, but they were like, "Can you do monkeys?" I'm like, "I can try." So I sent them over a demo, and uh, my monkey voices are in the audio book. It's such a weird career. Can you imagine like Derek, someone being like, "Hi, we need you to do some monkey noises." Look, my voice is oh. terrible, and I uh, I think the takeaway with me is that my voice is horrible and I've been doing radio for 15 years so honestly anything is possible <laughs> there you go Rachel do some monkey noises for us okay so I was like <laughs> does it hurt does it hurt your voice to do that no, that one doesn't hurt my voice. What hurts my voice now is doing things like Whoopi Goldberg. I don't really do her anymore. I, I can do it for like a second, but I, I can't uh, let that go on because it grinds my cords and uh, it actually winds up giving me a cold because it makes them vulnerable. And then the next day or the next week, I, I always wind up with a cold when I do that. So I don't do that anymore. I feel that way when I try to imitate Harvey Firestein. Yes, uh, Harvey Firestein's another it's, one. It's, it's really, really low. It's really grinding. Yeah. You know, it's down there. Not good for. I interviewed Harvey Firestein years ago, like 15 years ago, for this gay newspaper in Atlanta. And it was a morning interview. It was like 10 a.m. on a Sunday. And he called me because they weren't going to give me Harvey's private number. And this was the days before cell phones. So I didn't know, you know, I couldn't read the number. Anyway, it was like 10 a.m. I was fast asleep. I forgot that I had to wake up to interview him. So I pick up the phone and he goes, Good morning, Adam. We asleep. And with whom? 
<laughs> so that's how I started the article. I was like, there's nothing like being woken up by Harvey Firestein. I love it. Rachel, can you do any male impressions? Um, I do. I kind of do a little De Niro, but you really need to see my face for that. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I can. I did them for a cartoon the other day that I was working on. They made me do five different male voices. And I mean, I don't think I sound like a guy, but I can sort of like, like I can get pretty low. You know, I, I've done my mother before and she's way down here. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> That's Mrs. Butera. That's Mrs. Janet Butera. Give me a cup of coffee and a Xanax and I'm happy. I mean, that's, you know, that's about she, as low as it's... How does she feel about that impression? Well, she left because when we used to sit around the dinner table, I'm like, as the years went on, her voice got progressively lower. So then the Batman movie came out, and we and anything she would say, we would go, wait till they get a load of me. Because you sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> she would crack up. She knows she sounds like that. <laughs> the Joker, we call her. You must have by now had the experience of a celebrity hearing one of your impressions of them and reaching out to you to say, like, hey, that's pretty funny. Um, well, they haven't reached out, but I, whenever I do Rosie O'Donnell, I do tweet it to her, and she says, you're funny, ha <laughs> you're funny. Like, she has acknowledged my impression uh, a couple of times. Give us some Rosie. Rosie, we haven't seen you uh, on TV in a while. What are you up to? What are you talking about? I have a new show called Smell Fun Showtime. I'm fantastic in it. Oh, yes. Seen it? I forgot. Yes. You are in that. It's brilliant writing, and I have a love scene with an Asian doctor. Wow. Yeah, we fucked and then we got fried rice. It was amazing. <laughs> Actually, that is a brilliant show. If you haven't seen it, it she is heart. She's heart. It's a terrible title, but she is heartbreaking in it. She's so good. She plays a mentally ill mother, right? Yes, and she is wonderful. I have a theory about comedians that I think they do better in dramatic roles than in comic. Is that roles. interesting? Yeah. Because I think we're all so fucking damaged and in pain. Derek, what were you going to ask? Uh, no, I, I on on this point, I was to say, you know, a lot of comedians, their comedy comes from a dark place, uh, you know, mm. and you know, their their part of the humor is I'm making fun of something that is actually pretty dark. So t to that end, I mean, I think if you're a comedian, you're already dwelling in a dark place a, a lot of the time. Um, mm -hmm. whether it's trying to find the funny side of it or like you're always looking at what's dark to see what's there. So I think it, yeah. for, a, for a dramatic to do a dramatic part, it's like, oh, well, I'm already well versed in looking at darkness and seeing what's there. So I think that it probably makes them good at it. Also, I mean, I think we notice we notice comedians doing drama more because right. we're so mm -hmm. used to them seeing seeing them do comedy that it's like a revelation. Yeah. Like, oh, you're a real actor because you didn't make me laugh. Well, the other thing is most right. most comedians, if you watch their act, like we're not clowns. We're not on stage no. laughing like hyenas. Most comedians are deadly serious, and it's the mm -hmm. audience who's laughing at what they're saying. But if you think about, right. you know, Dave Chappelle is not like a happy-go-lucky guy. He's fucking no. dark. And same with Louie and same with Sarah Silverman. I mean, Sarah Silverman, it's a little different because she, she does kind of smile at her at herself. Yeah, can but you do dark stuff. Can you do Sarah? I can do a little bit of Sarah. You know, I don't know if you saw my movie I Smile Back where I play an alcoholic. I was really amazing in that. <laughs> it's good. You got the nasal. <laughs> Who yeah, she talks out of the side of her mouth, too. If you ever look at her, it's kind of like a side smile. Yes. Um, and yeah, so I make that face when I'm doing it. Uh, so how much, with an impression, though, because this was the question I was going to ask before. So with an impression, though, how much of it is the tonal qualities, like picking up a specific, like, as you mentioned, with Jane Fonda, the hard CH, and how much of it also is just sort of, what they tend to talk about. Like the way that Rosie talks about herself is very specific to Rosie. So there are parts of her Long Island accent that I would feel like would be a part of your impression, but also how, what she's saying, I think adds that other flavor, right? Yeah, I guess so. I, I feel like I, I have a, a sort of similar upbringing to Rosie. We both were like overweight, Irish Catholic, um, tough time with the boys, family, crazy family issues. 
So I don't feel like we grew up too far apart. And what she said, a lot of what she says about her personal life is uh, speaks to me in my personal life. So I think that certainly makes it easier for me. Um, but as far as other people, like like Wanda, like what she says, honestly, I mean, I've never even watched a full Wanda Sykes stand up. I only watched it to nail the impression when I went on America's Got Talent. Like I sort of knew of her. I knew what her voice sounded like. Give, give us a little I Wanda. I wasn't, like, a big fan. You know, I didn't sit and watch, like, beginning to end of a stand-up. I never saw the Wanda show. Nothing like that. <laughs> but uh, I heard her, and I knew I could do it. And uh, so I watched, like, snippets, like clips and stuff. But, you know, what she, what she says, I don't really I don't really know. But the material is important, right? Like, when you're doing an impression, especially if you're going on stage, you can't, it's not enough to just sound like them. You have to have jokes. Yeah, which is why when I did your stand-up for the very first time, you came up to me after you're like, why didn't you do any impressions? And I'm like, I didn't know how to work them in without sounding hacky. Like, hey, here's an impression of Wanda Wick. Like, hey, here's, you know, at that point I didn't know how to do it. I've since learned a little bit how to weave them in, but even then I still feel kind of cheesy about it. Um, But yes, the material is of paramount, you know, paramount. What's interesting about you is, uh, to me, when I think of like an impressionist, a celebrity impressionist, I think of someone like Rich Little, who was very cheesy. I mean, I shouldn't say was, he's still alive. But, you know, when, in his heyday, he was kind of a cheeseball comic. But but the voices were so great that you always looked forward to seeing him on The Tonight Show. But with you, like your actual persona is you're a filthy, filthy bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you post stuff about blood dripping into your ass from your period like you mm. that's like a normal facebook post for me Wait, i need another cookie i'm so hungry now <laughs> <laughs> so i feel like there's there's got to be a way to combine your natural dirtiness with your impressions and maybe like maybe what you need to do is get on stage and just be like really really dirty in all these different voices yeah i mean i've done like when i do wanda i'm dirty when i do lisa lampanelli obviously i'm dirty because how can you not be oh, give us lisa uh, i haven't heard that so I was on her fucking podcast just a couple of months ago, and she said she loved my impression, and she was going to have me back, and we were going to do dueling fucking Lisa's. It was pretty fun. <laughs> and has it happened yet? Uh, no, because I was on in December, so I don't even know if they're doing it, their new podcast yet, but it was it was awesome. Like She was cracking up. She's like, <laughs> I do sound like that, you crazy bitch. Like, it was, it was great. But yeah, um, bring but the yeah, dirty. I know. I, do, I have about the dirty, but then people are like, well, if you keep working blue, you're never going to get on TV. And it's not that I'm, like, trying to get on TV or anything, but I, I, I don't know. I don't really do stand-up anymore, honestly. I do it. If somebody asked me to do their show, I did it a couple weeks ago. Um, and last night you, really did, you did a, a match game thing with, yeah, with Dennis that's, Hensley, that's, right? Yes. That, you know Dennis? Yes, he's oh, a yeah. big friend of the Derek and Romaine show. Oh, great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's like the sixth time I've done that show. That's always fun. It's an ensemble, and it's so goofy, and it's really fun. Uh, but that, that's not like stand-up, though. No, but I would have, I would imagine that, uh, I mean, because it is sort of a controlled improv environment, um, but uh, I, lo- I love when they do the match game. I know that RuPaul's Drag Race has picked up uh, doing a similar version of it, the Queen's Snatch you know, Game. It's, this there's the snatch game it's sort of it's iffy in the quality department some people are very good at it or they have a particular yeah. impression they can do but it's when dennis says a mismatch game it's specifically comedians who have good material and you know have good impressions to do and there's a certain amount of like every everyone's really going for it it's really a fun you did ro- fun you did rosie last night right i did rosie last night i threw in a little bit of holly hunter sometimes i I'll throw in, like, other ones, but then I, f- I feel like I'm showing off, and my friend John, who runs it, he's like, no, no, do it. And I'm like, nah, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm like, trying to upstage everybody. You, you know me. I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like, hey, it's me. I can do this, and I'm going to shove you down your, down your throat. I'm more embarrassed of, like, what I can do than anything else, well, which is part be. of my problem. Uh, other, other people have changed like have done two impressions in a show. Like they've done one character <laughs> oh, for a while and then come back yes, and done true. somebody else. So you should not be shy about that. If you want to, each round you could go and become a different person. Absolutely. Yeah. Rachel, in the time remaining, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Uh-oh. 
Ask me no questions. Yes. Uh oh, we didn't hear that the whole jingle. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. The jingle's very important, Rachel. I spent uh, many hours producing it. It's Literally. like Robin's news. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Robin's news. Okay, Rachel, you can answer these questions as yourself or in any character you want. Are you ready? Mm. Describe the perfect penis. Hi, this is Joan Cusack. Um, the perfect penis for me would be eight inches long, um, thick enough so that my fingers couldn't touch around the other side, completely hairless and pink, and the mushroom head would not be that big. Wow. That's amazing, Joan. Uh, next question, who is your celebrity crush? Joan Rivers from heaven, obviously. Um, I think the most beautiful, the most beautiful man working in Hollywood today, Oscar Isaac. Oh, my God, his eyes are so beautiful. I want to pluck them out of his head and eat them. Gorgeous, man. Gorgeous. <laughs> okay, next question. What is your bra size? Oh, my bra size. Let's see. I just lost about 50 pounds. This is Rosie uh, we're wow. talking to? This is Rosie, yeah. Bra size, bra size. You know, what's interesting, a lot of people think overweight women have huge tits, but it's not true. They're kind of on the small side. It's the back. The <laughs> back that's big. So I, right now, I'm about a 38B. I mean, yeah, that's, I see what you're saying. The cup, and how big the, on the back? Well, the, the, that's the 38 part. The cup size is not big. It's the, it's all the way around is the 38. 38. Right, Rosie? Yeah, 38, big back, linebacker back. <laughs> This this next question definitely can't be for Rosie because it's uh, it's for a straight woman. What is the most lesbianic thing you've ever done? Okay, I'll say this as me. I <laughs> ate pussy once. Yes, uh, queen. only once. <laughs> only once. Didn't yes, like queen. It, won't do it again. <laughs> oh, what, how old were you when that happened? Um, twenty nine. Oh, wow. So you waited. You weren't just one of those college lesbians. You no, were... I wasn't a college lesbian. It was a couple, a married couple oh. uh, that I met online. And uh, she wouldn't let me do anything with her husband, but I was doing stuff with her. But I, I wasn't that attracted to her, so that might have had something to do with it. But I just was like, nah, I like cocks. I'm not really a pussy girl. And was the husband just pulling his pud the whole time watching? Well, he was, like, touching me, and she would let me blow him, but she wouldn't let me have sex with him, but she kind of kept pushing him away, so it, it didn't last. Selfish the whole bitch. thing just <laughs> Is there anything worse <laughs> than a couple? Ugh. I hate women. I know. It was gross. The whole thing was seedy yeah. and disgusting anyway. Uh, Rachel or random celebrity, what is the one food you will never put in your mouth? Ooh. Oh, uh, let me think about that. I mean, do bugs count as food? Because I ain't eating no bugs and no kind of cricket. People are eating, like, cricket powder now for protein and shit. I will never do that. <laughs> what is... All right, I got to ask you this as Rachel. What is the... I, I know you have a lot of creepy fans on social media because I see their comments. What's the creepiest uh, fan overture that's been made toward you? I think that... Well, besides the random dick pics from strangers, uh, which happens all the time, I think it just happened. This one guy uh, sent me, he just sent me like a gift card uh, to, to buy a pair of hot pants for myself, like sparkly shorts or some short shorts or something. And he's a guy that I went to, I went to see Artie Lang with him like years ago. Like I thought, oh, maybe we could just be friends, but he obviously wanted something more. And he creeps around my page and he shows up, he shows up at my comedy things sometimes. And now he just sent me a gift card for hot pants. Because he wants you to put them on and take pictures. It's like a fetish. Exactly. Because he knows what I do on Facebook and he thinks he's hoping I'm going to do that. So creepy. Um, yeah. I ask every guest uh, on the show this question. Will Donald Trump still be president a year from now? Dear fucking God, I hope not. I hope not. I, I mean, I, I think he will, but I, I hope to God he won't. Me too. Yeah. It's bad. Rachel, how can yeah. uh, how can people follow you on social media and keep track of all of your upcoming appearances and whatnot? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rachel A. Butera, B-U-T-E-R-A. I'm on Instagram, same name. Um, that's where I really post all my funny videos and impressions and stuff on Instagram. And uh, Rachel Butera on Facebook. 
Rachel, I cannot thank you enough. You are amazing. I love you, lest there be any doubt. I've always loved you, and I think you're amazingly talented. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks for having me. Woo! Okay. Next week, Derek Hartley will be back co-hosting. For revenge! Revenge! And we'll be discussing something that I said or something Bianca said, some kind of bullshit that Derek's got his feathers ruffled over. Um, HIV activist Mark S. King will be our guest, and I'll talk to you then. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.